Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to According To. I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. This week, Megan and I are doing one of our more popular episode styles that we do. We are going on Reddit, heading to the Unpopular Opinion subreddit, and we'll be reading a few, letting you guys listen in, and we'll discuss if we think the opinion should be unpopular and we disagree with it, or if we think we agree with it and it should be more popular. Yeah. So we each have, I think, anywhere in the range from, I don't know, seven to nine things so we'll see how many we can get through today um some of these are pretty short and then some of them have a little bit more elaborate explanations and so yeah yeah and these episodes tend to be pretty fun because i mean people's opinions that they share can range from something that literally doesn't matter at all it's just something like a shower thought kind of thing versus like this really deep insightful like this should be different than what it is so yeah hopefully we kind of find a few that will run amongst the ranges i don't know but before we get started we are going to share our weekly spotlights so mine this week is honestly that we've just been getting a lot of little things done around the house um thankfully our dad has been helping out a lot as well so yesterday he came over and put our washer and dryer in and i tried to help out where i could but our laundry room is a pretty tight squeeze and he was getting a little frustrated so i decided to just leave him alone figure some things out um but we got it done it took three hours because there was a plug that we needed they didn't have the cord that we so we got a cord because our dryer did not come with one and then we brought it back we did everything we needed to do up until like hooking the plugging like it plugging in. it in and then we realized that the cord did not fit the actual outlet and it was not like a standard three prong four prong thing we had to like literally change out the outlet so we had to go back to Menards and switch that out and then it just was like quite the ordeal but we got it done he got it done honestly and so um, we also got a new tv last weekend for our living room so our living room and main area of our house is slowly but surely coming together we're flower people now so mm-hmm. we have flowers in a vase sitting on the table I even they're nice. I changed out the water today and they're honestly, they're still doing pretty good. They are. I would have expected, I mean, Megan and I, we aren't really flower people. So like, had we not thought about, you know, having to change out the water, it probably like they would have been dead by now, I'm sure. So, but yeah, they brighten the place up. They look nice. Um, my weekly spotlight, I think since we last spoke to you guys, I finally have a room, which has been very nice. Um, I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor in the guest bedroom for a week and I just had a lot of things surrounding me because I didn't know where to put anything um so it was just a mess and it was a hassle to get ready in the morning and so um I think towards the end of last week um we got the room painted got the bed set up got my tv put in so it's just nice having an actual place to sleep and like my room's not a complete mess the guest bedroom is still a mess that's part of my plan to plan today is to clean some things up but yeah feeling a little bit more calm and at ease with uh, a tidier space 
Okay, so who wants to go first? Who would like to share the first unpopular opinion? Well, I only have seven, so I don't know if you want to bookend me if you have nine. I do have nine. Okay, my first one is pretty short. So this one says it's too expensive for the average person to date. So they said with the current rate of inflation and wages not keeping up, it's not practical for most people to date when they're barely keeping their heads above water right now, let alone considering getting married and or having children. That's funny. I mean, I'm not going to say I disagree with it. I think that like dating is kind of what you make of it. And so I don't think it has to be that expensive necessarily. I think like, yeah, getting married and having kids is expensive, but like the process of dating, I don't know if that is necessarily. I kind of thought the same. I do think like further down the line, sure that stuff eventually like, you know, an actual wedding is going to cost money unless you go to like a courthouse. Having kids is certainly going to cost money. That's literally part of the reason. No, I was thinking, this is part of the reason I chose this. A couple of days ago, I was kind of like, you know what? Like, do you know how much two kids better off you would do? Like, if you just didn't have kids oh, financial yeah. wise, like, I understand you're missing, like, you know, maybe you, if you feel like that's your purpose in life is to have kids, like, you don't get that. But I was just like, you would have so much more money. Yeah. And it would make, you know, I don't know. I was just like, wow, <laughs> something to think about. Because I've always, when I was younger, I was always just like, oh, I want three kids because that's what I was familiar with growing up because we had, you know, three siblings between us. And I'm not against three kids, but I feel like I'm, you know, the older I've gotten, I'm like, I think two kids could be fine and just like see how me and my husband feel after two kids. Because like even just saving money on the third kid, you'd be saving a lot of money. Yeah. I just like the idea of three kids in my head. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not entirely sold, but I'm like, you know, it's it's something to think about. Like, imagine how much more money I'd have than you guys if I'd save money. Not to say, like, you know, who knows what everyone's financial situation is going to be, but, like, when I'm, you know, doing my yearly expensive, being like, this much goes to Johnny and Amber, my two kids, then I talk to you, and you're like, oh, you got to spend more money than that. Or that's less than what I'm spending. Yeah. So. Anyway, but to the original point... I mean, I don't think the economy is a good excuse to be like, mm, cannot possibly date right now. Like, can I blame the economy? Happened. Can I blame the economy? Still dated and got married then. And you know, there are things you can do that are not going to be like super expensive dates. Yeah, I mean, if you like really just if you're truly wanting to just date someone to get to know them and see if you're compatible with them, you can just like go hang out, go on a walk do things that are free there are plenty of things and it might not be the most extravagant of dates but if you like each other enough then it'll be fine in fact it could even you know push people to the wayside who are maybe looking to get you know free things there are people who date with the intention of just like oh like it's free dinner it's free drinks so if you want someone who's more serious it could push you more in that realm Okay, uh, my first one is I don't like golden retrievers, and this actually has like four thousand. I don't know if they're all upvotes, but you know, in terms of the popularity that I can see, I'm kind of like I do this stuff for Reddit on these episodes, but I don't entirely know what you know all this means. But four point three k is like a good amount of I think upvotes. So they say I don't like golden retrievers, with the exception of one who's a service dog. 
I don't know if that just means like literally one who is a service dog or like just in general if they're service service dogs they like them I just do not get the hype about them they have far too much unfocused energy they're usually trainable most golden owners do not train them but dumb as rocks they're now overbred due to their popularity they're usually very vocal when they don't want to do something they're typically very demanding they have bad hair they need constant attention they're very high energy and they're just overall boring personality wise most people think I'm a monster for having this opinion, but I generally prefer working breeds or small, true companion breeds. I feel like my, albeit small, experience with Golden Retrievers has been overall positive, and I feel like they are good companion dogs. They they just said they were trainable, so therefore, like, is it just golden owners that don't train their dogs, or is it many owners don't train their dogs? I don't know. My experience from the Goldens I've seen, like, most of them are trained. But, you know, I only know some. I think they're cute. Goldens. They're adjacent to labs, so I, you know, can't, you know, bash them or anything since I've got some labs of my own. We also, side note, our uh, mom and stepdad just got another dog, which I think they named it Chance, right? Possibly. They were deciding on names for, like, the past two days. So... I guess there's now three dogs at that house. Supposedly, he's adapting well. He's uh, three years old. Still a black lab. Yeah. So, now when my mom sends pictures or videos, I kind of have to be like, okay, which one is? Like, there's just a lot now. Three is a lot more than two. It is. So, it's a big jump. Megan and I still haven't uh, met him yet, but maybe at some point this week we will. Back um, to the thing. <laughs> I disagree with this unpopular opinion, which, obviously, it's unpopular, so I would say that that's accurate, but I just don't even really feel like they're that crazy like i know they're energetic obviously but that's most large breed dogs is that they're energetic and like if he says he likes i don't know if it's a he or she if they like working breeds are working breeds not also energetic you would think that they would be like border collies yeah they're energetic and i think it just depends on how you harness that energy like if you do it in a controlled manner i feel like the person who wrote this would maybe find them less annoying Um, so I feel like it honestly just depends on the owner and how good of a job they do when it comes to training and how it comes to them harnessing their golden's energy. So it's like, okay, let's take it on a walk so that, you know, we can come back and can relax a little bit or like, let's go play fetch so that, you know, it's not running laps around the house and like knocking things over. Like it's the same energy level. It's just, how is it being displayed? Harnessed. Harnessed energy. Um, okay, here's my next one. Mine are, so far, they're not very deep. So this one is, pizza is best when it has more sauce than cheese. Uh, They said, I feel like the focus of pizza for a lot of people is cheese and toppings, but for me, the best way a pizza could be made is the focus, is if the focus is on the amount of sauce and it doesn't have much cheese. I chose this one because I am not a cheese lover. I don't love cheese a lot. You're not necessarily a cheese hater, though. I'm not a cheese hater. I think we've overcome... Meg and I used to be, like, in our younger days, hardcore, like, no cheese, nothing at all. And, you know, we've grown. I like cheddar-flavored things. I like cheese on cheeseburgers, and I like, like cheese pizza. on pizza. So all of those, I mozzarella like mozzarella sticks. sticks. Love mozzarella but sticks. But in no other circumstance can I really think of, like, me preferring cheese on stuff rather than, like, not having it. I will say, I think I, more than Megan, I will leave cheese on things. So, like, for example, we've been getting these uh, 
prepackaged Target oh, I take lunches. And it's just like a pita sandwich with turkey and cheese. And I've been leaving the cheese on because I'm like, it's just more work for me to take it off. But Megan's not quite past, you know, she still has her cheese hesitation. But I don't usually ask for it, but I'll usually leave it. Is it where I'm at? Um, in terms of like this unpopular opinion, I think I definitely know that when there's too much cheese on pizza, like I cannot do it. The che- I don't like che- peel all the cheese off, but like some of it has to come off. So there's more do sauce you still, ratio. Um, do the thing where like if you have a cheeseburger and the cheese is poking out, do you still take it off? If it's too much. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Usually I feel like it's like they don't square it all upright. And so it's like way unbalanced. So yes, I'm taking it off. Yeah, as far as the pizza thing, I mean, I don't want it to be, like, overflowing with sauce. Like, I I mean, I think a pizza is best when it is balanced between everything. Like, I don't Which want too much, not too much cheese. <laughs> I don't want too much cheese. I don't want too many toppings. Like, I want a little bit of something in every bite. Not too much of any one thing. In terms of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, for, like, the perfect ratio, do you feel like there should be more jelly or more peanut butter? More peanut butter. That's what I was going to say. I've made sandwiches I that are too much jelly. I think people overdo the jelly sometimes. And I'm like, mm. I think what you th- think when you're making it is that it looks like it's even, but it's always more jelly than you realize. Is what I've Or not enough peanut butter. Yeah. Well, I feel like because when you spread it to get like the bread covered, it doesn't, you would be a thin layer of peanut butter and the bread's covered. Jelly's thick no matter what. So if you cover the bread, you just have a lot of jelly. So then you put the other piece of bread I on. Honestly, my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like, I don't put... I feel like other people would put way more peanut butter and jelly on. And, like, maybe their ratio is the same, but it's, like, way more. And I don't think I like that as much. I probably agree with that. I mean, honestly, to me, it comes down to more of a time. Like, I probably have a way more, bre- way more bread ratio than yeah. most people would prefer, but... I probably do, too. Anyways, back to the pizza conversation... I agree with this, but, like, I also agree, like, I don't want my pizza drowning in pizza sauce, so it needs to be a fine balance. Okay, next one I have is also food-related. People that call pasta noodles are just ignorant. They're two completely different things. You don't get lasagna noodles, they're lasagna pasta sheets. You don't make carbonara with noodles, you make it with pasta. There are different types of noodles and different types of pasta, but they are not the same. I don't know all of, like, the dishes that they just listed, but in my mind, when, like, I don't intermix pasta and noodles. Me either. To be honest, I feel like they're different things. When I think of just, like, noodles, I feel like I usually think of, like, an Asian type of noodle dish. Or even just, like, chicken noodle soup, like, yeah, or, like, a spaghetti noodle. Like, anything that's long and stringy is a noodle. Anything else. Although, Noodles and Company uses an elbow pasta. For their logo, don't they? I don't know. That's not a noodle to me. I'll Google it. But I mean, you know, like... They have other things, though, but that's not a noodle. No, it's not. It's a noodle. Really? Maybe I was thinking of the and company thing. I don't know. We can confirm Noodles and Company does have a noodle in its logo. But, like, imagine... Like, to me, I've never had this issue. I've always differentiated. If it's long and stringy, it's a noodle. And if it's anything else, it's pasta. I also associate pasta more with, like, tomato sauce, like, that kind of stuff. And, like, adding meats and stuff to it. I mean, you can add meats to, like, a noodle dish, too. But, like, I think of more broth. 
yeah broth soupy noodle vibes <laughs> i don't know um but yeah imagine like if i went to someone's house and they're like oh like we're having noodles and they like i think that if someone said we're having noodles and it was pasta i'd be confused but if someone said we're having pasta and it was like spaghetti or something i'd be like okay because you know yeah i feel like spaghetti like it has the tomato sauce if someone called it noodles i'd be like or if someone called it pasta i'd be like yeah okay what about people that call it pasta <laughs> that's where i draw the line anyways i don't fully remember what exactly their argument was but i do think there's a difference is that what they're saying well, they call people that don't differentiate them ignorant. I don't know if I'd say ignorant, but, but they there's are a difference. wrong. Okay, here's my next one. This one says, I love suburbia. I prefer it over my time in a major city. So, this thing's kind of long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, I see a ton of complaints about the suburbs, and while I believe this is more of an age factor, um, I can't co-sign it. I can't co-sign that city life is dramatically better. Um, the cookie cutter neighborhood, the basic design, strip mall, the parks, the abundant parking. I love it all. Houses that look the same, you say? Who cares? There's subtle differences, but nonetheless, you have a house. Front and backyard, maybe even a pool. I'm just going to call it there because this thing's long. Um, here's my gripe because I, it's like I also love suburbs. Like I almost hate that I love them, but I do. I just think that they're what I'm used to, so that's part of it. Um, they can be walkable, but not really necessarily to stores, but like usually there's trails and stuff and sidewalks you can walk around in within a neighborhood. Um, but then on the other hand, I do sometimes end up on like city design type TikToks and like walkability type stuff, which is much more feasible in a city type of environment. And I do see like the significant pros of that. I just think that like my comfort in suburbia is what makes me think like this is better i like this i agree i think since we both grew up like whether it was our mom or dad's house both of them lived in suburban areas and so that's just like always what i even pictured like this is where people live and so i never even like really imagined when i was younger what it was like to live in a city obviously like i knew people did but like the idea of people growing up in new york literally baffles me i know same or just, like, the fact that, you know, not everyone has a car. I would have been, like, oh, my God, how does, like, not everyone have a car? Like, how do you get places? And, like, Megan said, it's because places are a lot more walkable or, like, there's more public transportation options. And so I think I'm also more drawn to the suburban lifestyle. But obviously had I grown up or, like, been to a place with, like, a walkable city environment, I could imagine how they're, like, oh, my God, this is so much better because you can just, like, you're free. I do think, Go wherever though- and do whatever you want. Like, especially when we were in Europe for a little bit, um, that was much more walkable. Like, there, it was definitely nice. It's just not mm-hmm. what we were used to. Um, using the trains, like, that was extremely nice and convenient. So and nice. it didn't necessarily make us feel like we were missing out by not having a car. So, there's certainly places that are set up for it where it's like, that's just how it is. People walk around. People use public transportation. You can get everywhere you, you need to go. But you don't have houses, you're going to have much smaller living spaces, but then, you know, you actually get out and do stuff. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's different. I also can't tell, like, I consider myself such a homebody that I'm like, well, I want the, like, you know, big house and like the big, bigger area to like live because that's where I am most of the time. But then I'm also like, oh, it'd be kind of nice since I am a homebody. If I was in a place that was like a walkable environment 
would I be more likely to be like, oh, like, let me go to this place because it's just like, you know, a two minute walk. Yeah. And get out of the house. Pros and cons. But as far as the original post, I agree with it. I'm a suburban gal for now. Okay. This one actually is kind of a, a moral ethical one. True crime is an eth- or is an unethical phenomenon, and people who consume this media should not be proud of themselves. Title says it all. True crime is unethical and profits off the tragedy of others. Why is someone's gruesome death a source of entertainment for some people? The people interviewed who knew the dead slash tortured slash etc. person get paid minimally and are likely just trying to get the murder solved slash get attention for the cause out of desperation. It takes advantage of tragedy and should not be viewed as a form of entertainment. I understand watching fictional murders slash other bad things like on law and order but why does it have to be real this one i've definitely seen the argument for and as someone who enjoy enjoys true true crime um i've thought about like okay what do i think of this and i feel like it depends on what the creators and or podcasts and or shows that you're watching are doing in terms of like did they reach out to the people that were like were directly involved in it um like, I know of um, a Hulu documentary type thing. It might have been, it was related to a true crime case where, like, they didn't get permission from some of the people involved, so a lot of people were boycotting it. I wish I remembered what the case was, but I don't. So, in that sense, I was kind of like, that it, that wouldn't make me feel good necessarily to, like, watch that. But then I think of Kendall Wright, who's, like, my favorite true crime YouTuber that we watch, and I feel like she does a lot of things well and how they should be done. Um, and I don't know, that's up to debate anyways. But she'll work with people's families if they want to promote their case and get it out there so that more people see it. And I know this person commented on the fact that they're just desperate and trying to get people to consume it. But I'm also like, that's kind of the point. Like The more people that know about it. A lot of people that watch true crime like also would care and kind of do their own little detective type stuff to think of like what happened so I feel like if you're just trying to get information out there then you have an audience that's retaining that and they want to do something if they can or if they do end up coming across anything that would help the case um so I don't know yeah this one is you know I feel like Megan said this isn't the first time I've heard people like talk about how you know true crime content is unethical and I don't even, like, entirely, like, I don't have an answer for this because I can say I'm someone who, like, listens to true crime podcasts or, like, watches true crime documentaries or shows or, you know, YouTubers. Like, I do consume that content. And, like, I, I'm i sure, like, a lot of people who, like, listen to or watch it, I can't say, like, what it is about it that I'm, like, oh, my God, I, like, this is why I like it. I feel like part of it is just the curiosity. You know, everyone wants to know, like, you know, it's just crazy things happen in these true crime cases and it's almost unbelievable in a way where you like have to read it or watch it or listen to it or whatever to like know it's real and that stuff like that can happen I mean I feel like some people are probably like oh like it well it's good for making me like aware of my surroundings and stuff and like yeah but that's I would say for the majority of people that's not why we listen to right. it or why we watch it so I'm not trying to like say like oh I listen to it for my own safety like so I'm aware because I know I don't do that like I try to be aware of my surroundings, but not as a result. Not thanks to of, the podcast yeah. we listen to. Um, so, I don't know. I don't have a real, like, answer. I can understand where this, where this person's coming from. 
I actually remember watching a video that someone did on YouTube talking about this topic and it was more so related to the YouTubers who are like the makeup and true crime YouTubers and like how it's such a strange concept of like someone's doing their makeup while telling a true crime story. Have you seen those? I feel like it doesn't shock me, but I've never watched one of a video like that. So. I don't think I have either, but like I've seen, I've seen the thumbnails and stuff and I've seen the videos and I guess like as someone who's just like a bystander or like a viewer but like I haven't watched the videos I've just seen them like I didn't like be like oh my god like what that concept is crazy but I can imagine as someone like if they were doing a case where someone who was involved or like know someone involved in the case could see it like I could imagine how like you would be like that is insane that someone thought it would be a good idea to like talk about this case and just like do their makeup as if it's not important and like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's more so people who are involved in the cases that, like, have expressed issues with it. And, like, I don't know if time is a factor, if, like, the case is older and, like, suddenly everyone's, like, there's no one who's, like, perhaps directly connected to it that it makes it better. I don't know. But I don't have a good answer. Okay. Next unpopular opinion is that awkward silence is only awkward if you make it awkward. Um, you know, whenever you're in an elevator with another stranger, the tension and silence is so awkward you can visibly see it, or you hear your friends talking about how awkward the silence was after everyone stopped talking. I think silence is only awkward if you make it awkward. I actually appreciate being in a silence around a stranger. It feels nice, but many, many people call that situation awkward silence. I'm someone who 99.9% of the time, I'm very content with silence because I don't feel like talking that much, I say, as I'm doing a podcast. Um, I feel like it's mostly, I think silence can be awkward when I get everyone stressed. was talking. Oh, you can finish and then I'll say what I was going to say. Um, like if everyone around you is talking all at once and then like naturally things just like all day out at once. I think that like that moment itself is just like, whoa, like weird. Everyone's like now just, everyone's just looking around because like that's what you do when that happens. And so then you're like, okay, now who wants to start like everyone can start talking again who wants to go first it's just weird but those are very like brief fleeting moments so I don't even really care to have an opinion like they're just awkward silences and they're going to be but just sitting in silence or like elevators I don't know I'm like I don't have to make a conversation with anyone so this is not awkward yeah we're going two floors I was going to say because like Megan I'm someone who's also comfortable just sitting in silence for the most part but what always kind of stresses me out and, like, not necessarily make me feel awkward, but I'm like, oh, should I talk? Is when I'm, like, with other people and I'm, like, no one's talking. And I'm, like, do they, like, want to be talking? Am I, am I like, by not talking, like, I'm just, like, they're, like, oh, I want, I wish someone was talking. So I get stressed about what other people think about whatever silence is going on. Do you have an example of what you're talking about? I feel like more so just, like, when I'm in the clinic working with people, I imagine, like, if I'm doing, like, soft tissue or, like, ultrasound, I'm, like, would they rather relax? Do they want to be talking right now? That's what I'm like. Is this I try to go based off of the patient. Um, like when I'm getting my eyebrows done, don't I honestly prefer just to not talk with the person. But like there's been times where the person is keeps talking and like I'll respond back. And like it's not like a really bad experience. I just like I really enjoy just not talking. My last one, I did my eyebrows on or I got my eyebrows done on Monday. It was great. It was silent. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes you just, if the person keeps offering up more information stuff, like, I'll try to latch onto that 
listen to what they're saying and like keep asking them questions based off of what they're already talking about mm-hmm. um but there's also patients i've worked with where they keep answering one word sentences and if they keep doing that then like you're like we're done i don't really feel like inclined to just like keep trying mm-hmm. so okay my next one is music should not be played in retail stores so i work re- on the retail side we have the typical 15 pop hits on loop every two hours derivative repetitive horrible subject matter garbage on repeat i can't imagine the customers are even paying attention to it but if they were i think they would find it insufferable as an employee it's probably the worst part of the job if i were to torture someone i'd force them to listen to top 40 radio hits on repeat why do we need to hear bad habits by ed sheeran while getting groceries what does a song about a dude having one night stands add to a retail store's atmosphere that's just an example why is this such a common practice silence would be much better just silence I wouldn't have the sound of it infecting my head um, hours after I've left work. If music in the store is what's needed, it should be the ele- or it should be elevator music. I'd rather just a single benign tune for eight hours than repetitive pop music about hooking up with people and crying over exes any day. I think bad background music is necessary. I don't really care if it's top 40 or something else. Um, but I do feel like if it's songs people know... Is it awkward like, silence? Unfortunately um you're the worker there and like they care about the customer and the customer is not in the store for eight hours they're there for a few minutes um i've also realized this is somewhat separate to this but i've realized that i have the music taste of whatever they play in public like at grocery stores at malls like whatever song is on i can almost guarantee you it's on my playlist like the more i've come to realize this the more it's been coming true the Jonas Brothers especially, um, they were just playing at Menards when I was with Dad, and I started singing it, and that's something that I wanted to add to the conversation. I only ever notice it if it's a song that I like that comes on. You know what I mean? True. Like, otherwise, I am not paying attention to the song. And then, it, like, that's when I was at Menards, and then the Jonas Brothers start playing, and I'm like, oh, like, I know this song. I like this song. Maybe that's why I think I have, like, My mood is boosted. Maybe that's why I think I have, like, music that plays in stores, because I only notice the songs that I know. But, like, otherwise... I couldn't tell you a single other song that played Menards. I honestly am going to disagree with this and just say, like, we should keep playing music in retail stores. Because I feel like if you stopped just, playing music, they'd be, like, customers that would be, like, you know, it'd be a little bit more lively in here if you guys play some music. Like, why not? And, I mean, yeah, they could do elevated music, but, like, I think that would be more annoying. Personally. So... I say keep the pop tunes and like it's top 40 it's popular that means most people probably like it so sorry that's not your style but okay so this one is gmail sucks to work with um I'm so tired of gmail being so complicated so messy looking so weird about how you separate your email um I work using gmail for eight years and I've worked on it six different places it's ridiculous that you have to look at tutorials on the internet about how to set up your email signature, how to create filters, how to set up every small thing you need to do on it, um, how to create confusing threads between your emails. Um, basically, they say like it stresses them out, blah, blah, blah. I chose to include this one because I feel like the entire world uses Gmail. And I have Gmails technically for um, like school purposes and Google Drive and... Um, like youtube accounts we eventually like had to incorporate gmail into them but i like literally cannot stand it i don't think it looks good i have an aversion to it and i have never been able to like switch over to make that 
my main email. Um, my primary email is a Yahoo account, and that's just probably, like, my comfort and where I'm at because that's the email I've had since, like, second or third grade. But, yeah. You know what drives me crazy with Gmail? Why do they send me ads in my inbox? I literally, I'm on my Gmail right now. There's a promotions tab. I didn't ask for this stuff. But I still have to go and delete it. I hate it. And then it's like got the social tab too, which like nine times out of ten is not, again, not stuff that I asked for. So. I also don't like Gmail. I will say like I don't really use it that much except for like, you know, I delete things or respond to things related to. Um, Good for you. I have I have no idea how many emails could possibly be in my Gmail, but I'm, I'm sure it's a lot. What I will do though is like, because I love using Google Flights, so this never ends up like working out super well for me, but like whenever I'm searching Google Flights, you can hit the button that's like track these flights for like future, like to see what they do. And I'll turn them on sometimes, but I like never check my email. So <laughs> like I can go you and be like, missing a sweet deal. I can go and look and it'll tell me if it's gone up or down, but it's usually not like in a very time efficient manner. Okay. Next one I have is also related to, I mean, like, phones. You know, it's a good segue. Um, This one is, mobile web browsing sucks. No matter what website you visit or browser you use, it's all the same. It's slow, animations are bad, so many glitches, accidentally rotating the phone ruins everything. Overall, it's a really bad user experience, but it's the exact opposite when you use the apps of the website. Obvious. I have tried multiple devices, such as the iPhone, iPad, two Samsung devices, and... Huawei, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Most of them were released in 2021 and 2022. Note that not all websites are bad, but most of the websites I tried were, especially Reddit web. I think that the web surfing on mobile needs at least five years to be as good as web surfing on PC. I will say, I hate Googling things or using the internet on my phone. Like, even, I think that, like, I hate it so much, I've, like, told myself mentally that there are, like, some tasks that I'm like, I have to wait to get my computer to do that, even though, like, I don't. I mean, I agree. I like doing simple things on my phone. Okay, fine. I can do a Google search. That doesn't bother me necessarily. If I'm like going, if I'm trying to go down a rabbit hole or when something. When I, no. Was like, because we had to change our, we had to forward our mail to our new address or whatever. And like, Megan had sent me a link to try and figure stuff out. And initially I was like, I am going to wait to this on my computer because I like, I just can't imagine doing things on my phone like this. I ended up doing it on my phone because, you know, I could do it, but it, like, felt like I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. That's the other annoying thing is, like, you don't want to get started doing something right. on the phone that you, like, shoot, I need, like, my computer to do that. I agree. There are some tasks where you're just, like, I'm not even going to attempt. But I also ended up doing that on my phone. And it wasn't horrible, but there was a part where I had to, like, sign and it wouldn't work at all until I was, like, okay, let me try turning my phone like, so it was, like, horizontal. And then it did work, but I was just, like, this isn't working well. So. Apps, though. Apps are great. If a website has converted to have an iPad or, like, Android or Apple iOS app, amazing. But uh, browsing on the web, usually not good. Okay, here's my next one. Athleisure doesn't look good and at best is hardly even done right. Whatever happened to just wearing normal clothes out in public? I feel like in the past two years people have become too comfortable 
and casual with what they wear, and the same amount of effort people put into wearing $100 sweatpants can be applied to a nice pair of jeans and a top without looking like a slob. In some cases, people can put two articles of gym clothes together to match, but there is a time and place, like the gym may be, for everything. Um, yeah. What do we think? Athleisure. I mean, they're wrong to think it came out in the last two years. Like, it's been a thing for a while. I mean, I'm not going to say, like, their taste in style is wrong, but I'm a big athleisure wearer. I feel like the issue with what they're saying is that people wear athleisure because it is comfortable and we are living in the height of people just wanting to wear comfortable clothes. And jeans, for example, are not, like, the comfiest of clothes. Well, I like that they added, like, oh, you could put just as much, like, they act like they're like, oh, you're putting effort into wearing, like, a nice $200 sweatsuit or whatever they said. No, they're not putting effort in. That's the thing. Right. And, like, I know physically, like, putting on a shirt and a pair of pants, it's about the same amount of effort every time. But I feel like I have to think less when it comes to, like, what shirt am I wearing? What bra do I need to wear under this? What pants am I wearing? Are these comfortable? Am I going to have to, like, be sitting uncomfortably if I'm wearing them for too long? Like, that's the things that I think about when I'm, you know actually what I consider getting dressed especially like, the bra thing trips me up every time because I'm just like I have these nice shirts and I never know to wear any of them but anyways jeans if I have like I have pretty good pairs of jeans so like jeans usually don't bother me too much but they don't bother me but like they're not like the most comfortable things yeah. in the world exactly they're pretty stiff and quite frankly like nine times out of ten if I'm going somewhere in public like I'm not doing a lot and so it's like if I'm running to the store or running somewhere like I just don't feel the need to dress up and, you know, look my best. Granted, if there are things like if I'm going to a nice restaurant and like a dinner or something, like I like to, you know, put in some effort and like actually look nice for that stuff. But I don't do that as often as I just am living my life and running around. doing. Or to be honest, I feel like as long as I feel generally put together, that's different than needing to feel needing to be dressed up or dressed down because being put together, I feel like okay, maybe you don't necessarily have to do your hair, but maybe it's, like, kempt. I don't even know if that's... You've, like, brushed it. It's... <laughs> I don't know. You just, like, are... You've done, like... Hygiene's good. You're not looking... Like, you're not a slob. Clothes you're, like, aren't wrinkled. Yeah. It can still look nice. At least not like you rolled out of bed. Yeah. I feel like you look clean. It's what you're getting Yeah. At. Like, you don't want to just, like, look at someone and be like, oh, like, did you not wash your hair? And, like, did you not brush your teeth? And did you just grab your clothes off the floor? Like, that's not the vibe you want to give off. And so, like what you're saying, you can look nice even if you didn't put a ton of effort in. Or look okay, presentable, whatever. Okay. Next one I have. There is zero reason to hang out with coworkers after work. Coworkers aren't friends or family. They are coworkers and should be kept at arm's length as a friendly acquaintance, nothing more. I've been reading a lot of cheating posts on Reddit, and it's surprising how many people cheat with coworkers. In my opinion, there should be zero contact with any coworker unless you are looking for someone to cover a shift or let your boss know you need to take off sick. Why would I want to spend another minute with someone I spend nine to ten hours a day, five days a week? Why would you want to drink with coworkers and risk a situation to be fired? Why would you want to work? at a place that places emphasis on how close you are with your boss. That's super creepy. This whole thing in my mind is simply wrong. Not even saying like you do not have to be 
best friends or be in a place where like it's expected or you feel the need to hang out with people you work with but I also feel like depending on where you work you could have a lot of people your age that you are spending a lot of time with that you maybe get along with and then god forbid you actually are like hmm I think we could be friends that's what I feel like okay you should hang out with your coworkers because you think they could actually be good friends and then is it really all that bad to like be friends with your coworkers? Mm-hmm. but I feel like it is just any like with the way you befriend anyone you meet a person see if you have anything in common with them if you like their personality and then you become friends with them I think them being coworkers, you know that's how you meet and you might like remain coworkers, but you can also be friends and I think that this top comment is basically saying the same thing but someone said many coworkers have become friends if someone is a good person and you enjoy hanging out with them don't write them off because you have the same employer also work is a lot more enjoyable when you have good camaraderie with the other people there and like i think this person's trying like that's why they're trying Someone to say said below i tend to find it the people with this mindset have very few friends in general yeah i mean i just imagine how weird that would be if you were at work and you like but you, you got along well with someone, these people and you're like hey like you know we're going to this place after work do you want to come with like it'll be fun and then you're like they're like no i don't hang out with coworkers. i'd be like why we're just people and we know each other it's not weird to hang out with people you know right so i disagree with this one it should remain unpopular granted i'm also not saying you know if you don't want to be friends with your coworker, because like don't be friends with them just or don't not be friends with them just because your coworkers, just don't be friends with them if you don't like them right okay this one i'm actually curious to see if you guys have any specific thoughts on so this one said podcasts are worse when they're also video podcasts and so we are thinking of becoming or eventually having a video component to the podcast so i thought this would be interesting to see why they say this and then yeah so I said, when I want to listen to a podcast, it's typically not an active thing, i.e. I want to listen to it while I work, drive, run, all of which I can't or shouldn't be watching rather rather uninteresting stream of someone talking in a booth or whatever. And not only is the stream not interesting and doesn't add much, but a lot of these vodcasts, that's what they call it, I don't know if they're always called that, um, tend to cater elements of what they do to the viewer instead of the listener, making it worse for the listener than if they just didn't have a video component at all. I feel like... I definitely, when I listen to podcasts, nine times out of ten, I am listening to them. I'm not watching a video. Sierra definitely watches more podcasts than I do. Um, and some of them, like, I have occasionally watched Kendall Ray. Um, they have a video component to their podcast. But also, on Spotify now, they're kind of adjusting that with the fact that they will have videos on Spotify. But again, if you're like, I'm doing this when I shouldn't be watching something, that doesn't necessarily change anything. But... Um, I feel like what matters is you need to speak to the people as if there is no video, but then if there's a visual component that would make sense to include, you can include it, but then don't like allude to that in how you're talking to the audience because then it is going to feel like, oh, I'm the one that's not getting as much information or being left out because I'm listening and I'm not watching this, but this is a podcast, so I shouldn't have to watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with Megan. I think that, A, if the podcast has a video version as well as an audio version and it doesn't do things to alienate the audio-only listener, then I think it's fine. It doesn't matter. 
I will say, like I, like Megan said, do consume some vodcasts as they're called. Like I will exclusively only like I only watch Wild Till Nine and Ear Biscuits. Like I will only listen to them ever if I'm watching it on YouTube. Versus there are podcasts that I have on Spotify that I either they don't have a video version or I wouldn't know because I don't look it up. And I think it just depends on like I don't know why I do that. I think that sometimes it's just nice if you're like it's nice to see facial expressions when you're listening to a story. And so I don't know. I don't have a good reason as to like why I am like, oh yeah, I need the video version. But I do. And I think it's also where I got exposed to them too. Like I got exposed to Ear Biscuits on YouTube and so that's where I would just keep going to watch it. Versus, like, same with Wild Tonight, and I saw it on YouTube because Lord DIY promoted it. And she's like, here's a channel. And so I was watching it before I ever just listened to it. And so I think it's just force of habit. I don't listen to them regularly, but, like, when I do, I'll do it on YouTube. Versus when I listen to a podcast, if I'm doing, like, My Favorite Murder or something, I only ever watched it or listened to it on Spotify. And so that's what I kept doing. So. But, yeah. I think as long as you don't alienate the listener it's fine to have both options available okay the last one that i have movie critic scores are dumb and pointless one thing i'll never get is how critics give awful ratings to movies that aren't quote-unquote deep or have a deeper sense of meaning when the purpose of a movie is entertainment when i watch a simple movie i just like to be entertained and have a good time on a friday night i'm not looking for it to change my life sure i can appreciate a movie with a deeper meaning but not every movie has to have one for example, Tyler Perry's Boo, a Medea Halloween, got a Rotten Tomatoes rating of a meager 19% despite it being hilarious or despite it being a hilarious and entertaining movie. I thought this was fitting because Meg and I have like been talking about this. Yes. I want to know first of all who these critics are and what qualifies them. How many opinions do they get? And two, I feel like I know Rotten Tomatoes has the audience score, so like in a way maybe it's just like okay having both then gives you what you should want the critics review and like the general audience review but I'm just like what are the critics judging it off of then like do they purely only judge stuff based off of like potential Oscar nominee type stuff or what because I just do they not have any sort of category of just like an enjoyable type of movie like I swear no comedy ever is going to have a good Rotten Tomatoes score because they're like they must just be like what is the point of this yeah um, I'm looking at National Treasure because, you know, if you listen to our recent episode about movies, it's got a 46% critic score, only a 76% on the audience score. That should be higher. It should be, but I mean, I agree because I'm always like, to me, it's just like, did you like it or not? And when you go into movie, like whether it's some sort of like deep meaning, like really cinematic masterpiece, like with high expectations versus going into watching national treasure your expectations are different and so i feel like your rating you could be still give them the same rating even if how well like, it meets that expectation yeah. like one could be an absolute masterpiece of a movie where you're like this like oscar nominee type thing but you could also go to a comedy and give it the same rating with recognizing that it's not going to be nominated for an oscar anytime soon yeah because like then you get into the issue if you don't do that Let's say someone wants to watch a comedy and they're like, what's a good comedy? Everything's rated three or four stars or whatever out of 10. Then you're not going to find the good things within that genre because everyone's rating it, comparing it to like these blockbuster movies. So 
I'm a firm believer that you need to be, you need to rate based off of your expectations and what it's trying to be. Okay, the next unpopular opinion is that all tests should be open book. There should they should be open book because what's the reason in all your notes? If you can use your notes in class, that means you really. This is what I mean, guys. When I'm like, I'm just gonna summarize myself what I'm sure they're saying. But some people type out their explanations and I'm like, okay, we're not making sense here. So the premise is just that usually in life you can look things up if you don't know the answer to a question, then like no one's hiding it from you. Go figure it out. So that's the premise. Let's discuss. I disagree. I, I disagree. I also think that I think in some classes it's fine and it, it could make sense. But I think like other things it just simply does not and also if everything was open book then you're not challenging yourself to like actually remember and learn stuff and that's always a good thing well yeah because if you went into a class or an exam knowing that i don't have to actually know this i can just write it down and like look at it you know for the second time ever in my life on test day you don't know it so i Agree that there's times where, like, certain classes for certain exams, you should be allowed, like, X amount of information. Like, for my, for that health promotion class that we freaking took, um, that should have been open book. And honestly, the questions just shouldn't have been what they were. No. But anyways, they should have had better questions was the issue. But I'm just thinking of, like, okay, imagine going to, like, any sort of qualified professional and, like, they never took a single closed book test in their life. Or could you... And you're like, what do you know? Can we throw it back to the class that I dropped that you finished? That's what I was talking about. I didn't know oh. the name of it, though. Okay, well, I literally have flashbacks to the first test we took. It literally asked for the location. We had to watch a TED Talk at some point in the class. And, like, it wasn't, like, a big, like, it wasn't emphasized TED Talk. It was just, like, one of our weekly TED Talks sort of that we watched. And I swear to God, they asked, like, what was the university mentioned in this TED Talk? And it was a, like, health-related class. Yeah, I was like, excuse me? I wasn't paying attention to which university performed the study. Anyways, I dropped that class. <laughs> the one and only class that was dropped was that yeah, one. Yeah, it was a W on my transcript because I withdrew it. Or I withdrew from it. Um, I think that a lot of times, like I think of history classes, for example, and depending on how nitty gritty, here's what I think. I think that classes should focus on sometimes generalizations like let's let's actually get you to learn the important stuff but then maybe there's components of the test where it's more thought-provoking and detailed and like here have like an article to refer to to like formulate a thought process Mm -hmm. that way you're still thinking but it's like you can't know everything no but also like we're so ingrained with just like memorization and learning stuff for tests and hoping Mm -hmm. that stuff sticks like and it's tough because like in a certain sense like i do I tend to do well with that and so it's like sometimes deviating from that I'm like oh my god like how do I study for this so it's hard to find that balance of generalizing enough but also like trusting that like they have to know some details to like show that they were in this class and like learn some things and we're paying attention the other good thing or like the thing that can still make open book tests challenging because even in PT school there was a class or two where we did have open book it was still hard and they were still hard. And the reason that they were still hard was because it would be, yes, you had all the information technically available to you, but here's a brand new 
situation scenario that like you simply like think through it and like hope for the best and so in those situations obviously you also need like a grader who's like flexible and like grading criteria hopefully because hopefully they recognize that they just kind of let you run loose and they cannot expect everyone to have like the same exact answer um but those can work fairly okay i think you i don't have any more so you can read your last one okay my last one is a simple one the freeze-dried marshmallows that come in sugary cereals taste better than real marshmallows true and i wholeheartedly agree with this the only cereal i specifically know of is lucky charms right is there any other cereal but i honestly feel like for the longest time i didn't even register in my mind that like those are marshmallows but they taste so much better than regular marshmallows do i like the crunch i don't like normal marshmallows that much i typically will only eat them in s'mores so i like marshmallows like uh we had a lot because i had gotten some for some hot chocolate and there'd be a few times where i'd go in and just get a couple i like the crunchy marshmallows that are small that come in like the hot chocolate packages i like those more than actual marshmallows in hot chocolate the crunch just makes it better Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i like those okay that is everything we had for unpopular opinions so Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Um, We obviously moved into our house. And if you guys watch our videos, you know that we have a dedicated office area that we're hoping to use to eventually um, have video podcasts. Still going to be a work in progress. We're slowly working on planning stuff out for that and getting furniture and all of that. So still no planned schedule or timeline of when we're expecting that stuff to be up and working and having a video component but we're looking forward to it and i hope you guys are too since we already talked about vodcasts as an unpopular opinion you guys can let us know if you have any concerns or things that we should avoid when we end up adding a video component hopefully yeah anyways thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you guys next thursday bye Bye.